Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Monday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harrods here with the Daily Bird Investing Podcast. Hope you had a good day today. Hope your weekend went well as well. Uh, let's get it, let's kick it off today. A bit of a, a bit of a down day today. However, wow, these internals. <laughs> Todd and I did a double. We had to refresh our screens to make sure we got this right. Where do you hear these readings? Uh, I was on Charles Payne's show today on Fox Business, and uh, you know I got to get a lot of things in that I I haven't been able to before. He kind of gave, gave me a little room to run, which is which is pretty cool. He's a great guy, you know. Is is uh, always very um, just very uh, very generous, you know, with compliments and he remembers things, you know. Like first time I was on a show, we were telling people buy the the marketed bottom last October. Uh, our new book had come out, and he he remembered all that, and so it's just uh, you know it's, it reminds me a lot of Wayne Root, you know, uh, just a very genuine, sincere guy who actually roots for other people to succeed. And uh, in this business, in Wall Street, I can tell you that is not a very common trait. People in it for themselves. So thanks uh, thanks again to Charles uh, for having me on today. But again, I got to talk about things that are important. He asked about the big bribe. He put the book cover up. Uh, of course, the book Tyler and I wrote at the end of last year. And he said, look, you, you got all this right. So what's the takeaway, Kip? What do people need to know? And I said, Charles, it's really the biggest thing that people keep missing. And the fact that no one's talking about this, that those kind of things drive me crazy. When I'm seeing facts that no one's talking about, I start to question, why is that? Why isn't anybody on Wall Street, and I'm serious telling you, no one is talking about these things. And I went over it today. You've heard it often. I'll cover it quickly. The consumer and corporate America has rarely, if ever, been in better shape. Home prices all-time high. Net equity in homes all-time high. 68% of Americans own at least one home. One-third of Americans own their home outright. All these are records. Consumer net worth at all-time high. Credit scores all-time high. Mortgage defaults all-time low. And then the deleveraging of America. This is this may be even bigger than the other biggies I just told you. America since 2008 has deleveraged significantly. We learned from 2008 from the financial crisis. We learned that we never want to be put in that situation again, allowing uh, Wall Street and the banks and the government to take our stuff from us, right? So we got better. We reduced our debt. Today, consumer debt to disposable income has been cut by 25% of the last 15 years. Pretty big deal. Corporations done the same thing. And corporate debt to, to total market value, market cap, is now at 50-year lows. This, this is extraordinary data here. And I've never, I've never seen anything like it. No one has. These are all time highs. So, you know, it's not to us. It's not never been a mystery as to why this market's going up. And as I told, because uh, 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 you know, uh, 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 Charles was asking about, okay, we're overbought. How far do you think this pullback will take? How far? Do you, uh, when would you get concerned? I said, I'm not going to get concerned. We're going to buy the dip. We've been buying the dip since last October. That's the play because this market's going so much higher. And I got to state, you know, it, it, as we put in the book. We expect this to be a 1995 to 2000 like melt up, but this could be bigger because we didn't have this balance sheet in 1995 for consumers or for corporations. They, it didn't happen. It didn't exist. And liquidity is, is out there. Now people have really become educated. They're entrepreneurs. Uh, again, the millennial generation is driving all of this and no one's 
It, again, it drives me crazy because I see it clearly. I mean, we put the work in. We This is the research we did. And we uncovered all this. We went, Whoa, what is going on here? We wouldn't have known had we not written this book. So, uh, Charles, you know, you can tell. I, I know Charles pretty well at this point. He's on board, man. He's on board. He's an optimist at heart anyway, so I don't think that's hard for him. But typically, he plays devil's advocate. He did not do that today. He didn't do that, and that kind of surprised me. So, look, that's the bottom line. We are just getting started in this bull market. Look, you know, there's never a guarantee. We all know that, right? But based on all the available evidence that we have, fundamentals, technical, seasonality, again, long-term macro trends, the mega trends we've outlined in the big bribe, we're just getting started, folks. Second year of bull market has been higher 100% of the time since 1952, with an average gain of 14% in the second year. We're going to do better than that. As I said today, there's rotation happening today. We've been talking about it the last week. Um, it doesn't mean we have to sell tech. Look, if you're a short-term trader, do what you want to do, maybe. that's not. We're not trying to get too cute with it. We're going to keep our exposure to these great leading sectors, housing, semis, tech. They're taking a breather now. That's what they're doing as this market market broadens out. This market is expanding. It's now an expansionary bull market driven by the power of this unprecedented, remarkable strength of both the U.S. consumer and corporate America. Tyler just shared this with me. Check this out. I I, I had not heard this. 2023 is going to go down as the lowest number of IPOs in, oh, if I can read my own handwriting, Tyler, what did you tell me? Well, I'll write it up tomorrow. Lowest number of IPOs in forever. I don't remember. I think I had six decades here. That can't be right, can it? That can't be right, right? But anyway, the point of that is we're so far from froth, right? Number one, consumers have not levered up. Right? We've reduced our debt. Now, in a when you get a bubble situation, in case somebody thinks this is, if somebody says it's 2008, we said this for all year long. If you hear somebody say this is like 2008, you know that you are speaking, listening to someone that is clueless about the subject matter with which they are talking about. They are absolutely clueless. And they're either a pessimist by nature, glasses half empty person, or they listen to perma bears and they just, you know, they, they, they can't see past that, that wall, right, of negativity. There is a slap of negativity out there. I'm certain of it. But when you have debt levels at these low levels, again, to, to disposable income, right? And for corporations, debt to total market cap. When they're sitting at these record low levels for at least moder- modern era, uh, certainly past in the last 15 years, uh, corporate debt, again, 50-year, 50 50-year 50 lows. And then you have IPOs that aren't happening. One of the lowest IPOs in, in, in I, 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 again, I, if I can read my handwriting, I can tell you. Sorry, Tyler. Um, but the, you see a ton of IPOs happen at the end of a bull market when the bubble mania is happening, right? Melt up mania is happening. I, that, that like, like, like it happened in 99. This is not that. We couldn't be further from that. Everyone's still talking about the world coming into an end. Everybody is still so bearish because the media tells them they should be over and over and over and over. And they're wrong. And that's why we're going to make so much money in this market. 
So we're going to keep buying dips. We're going to use rotational moves as we're doing here. Again, small caps. We've been talking about the last couple of weeks. Um, uh, small caps have been in a bear market for two years. I've been wrong in small, cap, small caps most of that time. I thought the market was going to expand sooner than it has broadened out. That didn't happen, but now it is. I think, again, small caps are going to have a 40% year next year. Uh, that's probably on the low side. This is going to be a melt-up year for small caps because it's so cheap and because they've been in a bear market for two years, and they're trading at three-decade low uh, relative strength ratios compared to big cap stocks. And this is all well-documented. And they're unloved. They're actually hated. So it's a perfect setup for small caps to rock and roll. They're up again today. Market was down. Small caps finished up 1% today. They've been leading again for now uh, close to three weeks. Close to three weeks. So that's what you want to see. Start with the markets real quick. Come back to this. Dow Jones today, big rally actually coming back from the lows. Again, we had such a, a big move higher in November, and then it finished strong last week. Uh, overbought. I mean, look at all, by all metrics, we are very overbought. Look at investor sentiment. And we've gone from fear in October, late October to greed levels now. So as I said today on Charles' show, you know, a shakeout is healthy. It may not last long. I don't think it will. But just enough to get some of the Johnny come lately's in to the weak hands to go ahead and sell, right? So I don't think I don't think it's going to last more than a week or two, if that even, frankly. I wouldn't be surprised tomorrow to see Semi said he finished down 1.5%. They're down 3% at one point, though. I wouldn't be surprised to see him up 1.5% tomorrow because this is that bull market. So you, we just don't want to try to – I think the key is we don't want to try to get too cute with it. But we want to focus, uh, have focus areas, hyper-focus. Like right now, we're hyper-focused on small caps, hyper-focused on precious metals and miners. I'll talk about that more in a moment. What a disappointment overnight. I mean, gold never makes it easy for you. It just never makes it easy. Oh, my goodness. But there's a, there's a big light at the end of that tunnel. Uh, again, uh, Russ 2000 led the way today up just over 1%. Uh, Dow Jones finishing down just 41 points. That's one-tenth of 1%. Big comeback there. SBO 100 down half percent. NASDAQ, again, big comeback, uh, finishing down, what is that? Uh, Eight-tenths of 1%. That's down 119 points. And uh, the 10-year uh, yield popped up a little bit today to 4.29%. Uh, that's just because bonds got overbought. Dollar got oversold. So you see a little bit of a you know counter trend rally, but these are counter trend. We now have primary trend moves lower in rates and the dollar, and of course, disinflation. There's not, not inflation, we have disinflation taking place. So great, great setup for equities, for bonds, and especially for high for, for, for small caps and for miners and physical gold and silver. Uh Boy, I covered so much today. I don't on the show. I, I, I don't want to miss anything important here. Uh, but again, we're, we're we're again the key is we're buying dips, and we're looking for a a, a, a big move higher next year. One's going to last multiple years. Uh, there was something covered small caps. All right, let's just let's do precious metals now. Overnight, <clears throat> gold, and I was of course you know tweeting at two a.m. or something. I couldn't sleep. Uh, because I, I mean, I'm, I'm a big gold bug, as you probably know. First recommended gold at $375 an ounce in 2003. Silver at $4.75 an ounce, also 2003. And my second ever VRE letter. Uh, and then we made a small fortune 
uh, between then to the financial crisis and then in the peak in 2011. But essentially, gold is in miners have gone nowhere since 2011. They've had spurts, you know, but they 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 just really go nowhere. Really, at the end of the day, it's time to have another monster move. And last night, gold broke. Uh, I'm sitting there watching it, live tick, watching it. Okay, but no all-time high. Ah, we broke uh, $2,085 an ounce, all-time high. Next thing you know, 2100 2120 2140 $2,150. I think it hit $2,159. And then, it, you know, and then the market opened, and here came the sellers. Gold, gold, of course, has been manipulated for forever. But I'm going to tell you, I don't think it matters this time. The technicals are extraordinary. We're getting all kinds of crazy buy signals, uh, <clears throat> like the inverse head and shoulders in the miners, uh, a, a, go- a double golden cross in gold, where the 50 and the 100-day are crossing the 200-day as the 200-day moving average is rising. So uh, and the fundamentals, again, you have uh, central banks and governments are buying uh, gold in, in record unprecedented amounts. So what is smart, that's the smart money. What do they know? Well, again, the combo of lower rates uh, of, uh, of a lower dollar, and we do have a lot of global, global term, turmoil. So who knows, right? Maybe part of it is a safety trade. But anyway, uh, uh, so they sold off today. I really thought the miners were going to scream higher today. They're going to make us wait a little longer. Buy these dips. Uh, but again, <clears throat> this group is overbought, just like the broad market. Look at the charts. You know, everything on our, on our, on our momentum oscillators hitting extreme overbought. I mean, you know, it's, that's what tends, bad things tend to happen there. But that's okay. Because again, I think the dips, especially in the miners, are going to be really short lived. I bought more today. I bought, we have in Parabolic and of course we own the miners in VRA. I bought more of our GDX calls today. Uh, on Charles's show today, I announced uh, uh, that we are uh, uh, bullish on uh, snow line gold. Which is in the VRA, we've been talking about adding it. We're adding it. It'll be added tomorrow. Uh, uh, I got to work on that full write up tonight, but at least put it in the portfolio tomorrow. And so that, that I think is going to be a grand slam for us, plus our other positions. So, uh, <clears throat> really, really like small caps, really like the miners here. And of course, physical gold and silver. I think it's a shakeout is what we're seeing here. And, uh, that's pretty common. You hit the all time highs. You're at extreme robot. Boom, here come the sellers. Doesn't take a whole lot. The buyers are exhausted, right? Here comes the big downdraft. I just don't think it's going to last long. Now, let's get to the stuff that I want to talk about here with the um, internals. The, the, again, we had, to do a, we had to do a refresh, both of us, Tyler and I did, to make sure we were looking at this right. Remember, NASDAQ finished down 119 points. It was down big time today and rallied back from that. So, Check out these advanced decline for NASDAQ uh, was uh, was 1.5 to 1 positive. That's uncommon. But look at these, the volume. Volume was almost 2 to 1 positive for NASDAQ. And again, a day that it was down uh, essentially 9 tenths of 1%. And NASDAQ had uh, more than two times more 52-week highs than lows. This is not common, right? And it's because the market's broadening. Small caps now are participating, right? Those those fall under NASDAQ. So that's very that's 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 when you see these kind of internals on a pretty ugly day, which we had most of the day again, close stronger. That's a very bullish sign, very very bullish sign. NYSE uh, again, uh, still we had SP 500 down half percent. You'd expect some fairly negative readings. 
did not get that. Uh, even on advanced decline, even on volume, and new 52 highs lows came in 157 new 52 highs to just 15 new 52 week lows. Hold on one second, get a drink of water. Mm. So today was a big win for the internals. And uh, you love seeing that on a down day. That's with the semis down one and a half percent. Very, very good to see this. Um, in our sector watch, mixed mixed bag here as well. Pretty much 50-50. Uh, uh, of the 11 sectors, six lower, five higher. Led the downside by communication service down 1.3%. Tech down 1.3%. Uh, to the upside, real estate up half percent. Healthcare up to this 1%. Not much ha- happening elsewhere. In our commodity watch today, again, I already covered this really. Uh, it is, it, 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 you hate to see it. I mean, look, I'm being honest here. Wow. We gold at 2151 was the high. And uh, we closed at 2048. We're not sure where we are now. 2048 down $41 in a day, down almost 2%. It is what it is. Silver. Silver is down today 3.7%. Silver tends to exaggerate the moves in gold like this. So I, I would look for a snack back, snap back move in silver as well. Silver, $24.89 an ounce. It had a pretty good run, by the way. Silver's up like 40% in the last year. Gold's up 22%. The miners up 42%. So it's not like they haven't had a really good year. They have. Uh, but again, they're, they're volatile. What are you going to do? Copper. Buying opportunity. Copper down 10 cents a pound today at 382 a pound. Crude oil uh, down 75 cents a barrel at 73.32. And finally, in the day, got to spend it on then on this Bitcoin up 2060 to 41,762. Yes, now we went uh, long Bitcoin aggressively, went long Bitcoin again at 28,800. So it's really good to see it get legs here and start moving. You know the reasons. If you don't, I'll tell you again. ETFs are going to be approved by the SEC in the first quarter of next year. This is, uh, if it doesn't happen, it'll shock everybody. It's going to happen. Uh, that's good. Institutions then can participate. Now they really cannot. That's a lot of money, trillions of dollars coming into the space, okay? And the other biggie is the halving is going to take place. So every four years, I think it is, they do a halving. And what that essentially means is it becomes differ, diff, more difficult to mine Bitcoins, they extend they extend the mining period out. I think it goes out to uh, 2140 is when there'll be no more Bitcoin mining. And at that point, there'll be 21 million Bitcoin in existence, and that will be it. But every four years, they do a halving, and it becomes that much more difficult to mine Bitcoins and, Bitcoins and make money from them because fewer and fewer are getting in circulation. We said it from the very beginning. Right. Uh, I'm not the smartest guy when it comes to cryptocurrencies, but on Bitcoin, I know this. This is the ultimate supply to me in story. Show me a better one. Show me a better supply to me in story. I don't know that it exists. I don't know that it exists. So um, there are people putting out some some huge numbers, you know, four thousand, four hundred thousand, five hundred thousand dollars of Bitcoin. Um, I think unless it gets outlawed, that's absolutely going to happen. I, I think it's a must own asset class. Um, as much as I love gold and silver, you know, I, I have had to diversify away from it some because I got to own Bitcoin, right? It's got to be owned. Uh, but again, with, you know, be smart. Anything could happen. Uh, if this was in fact created by the CIA, they could turn the switch at any time, take all our money. That's always possible. 
Okay, I wouldn't. That would not surprise me in the least. That's what I'm saying. Don't go crazy. But if it's going to have a monster move, it's not going to take a whole lot in this, right, to make a lot of money. So that's I think a smart money approach uh, where you limit your downside, but you give yourself plenty of opportunity for upside as well in a new asset class that is now becoming very real, very recognized, very legit, if you will. All right, folks, that's it for today. I always appreciate you listening. Hope you had a good day and even better night. We'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.